Hey, welcome to Dish Pit Theology. This is Brian. And this is Chase again. Hi. Uh, we're here for episode eight. This is uh, how to study the Bible. But first, let's recap last week. Because we love recapping. Recapping reminds us what we're doing so that we can continue doing what we're doing. What does recap stand for? Re- recapitulate? Re- recapitalizing. Like, if you capitalize on something... Now we're just recapitalizing it. So we're not a fan of communism. All right, Brian. Okay. Episode 7. Episode 7 was about the purpose of systematic theology. And basically a definition of that would be a discipline of Christian theology that formulates an orderly, rational, and coherent account of the doctrines of the Christian faith. It addresses issues such as what the Bible teaches about certain topics or what is true about God and his universe. So that's a definition of systematic theology. And uh, we discussed several questions, and I think one of our big questions last week was how much mystery should you embrace in your faith? I think that's a question that both Chase and I battle with sometimes. Um, There are beliefs on that ranging from everything being a total mystery to knowing God fully. Like, there are some people who believe that they know everything about God, and then there are some people that don't think they know anything about God. Mm. And, Both uh, are wrong. Yeah, I think we we believe that we're somewhere in the middle and that we're right, too. <laughs> so <laughs> Exactly. Yeah. Everyone's right. <laughs> what? No. Okay. Systematic theology is important. For, uh, we we dis- discussed some of the reasons why systematic theology is important. It's important for apologetics, which is a big word that just means... Um, arguing, uh, arguing, and contending for the faith, defending what you believe. Um, if you don't understand what you believe, uh, which systematic theology helps you with, it becomes very hard to defend. And so that's kind of that's kind of one of the big things there. It's also important because it keeps us accountable to the whole Word of God. It is way too easy to believe all sorts of strange things if you don't consider what all of Scripture has to say. You can take any verse out of context, context, yeah, out of context, context. yeah, completely, uh, and just say something about it. Uh, but you, ha- when you consider what the rest of the Bible has to say, then you have to, you know, that's part of systematic theology is bringing everything together to make it make sense. Um, so you have well, to. Depending on your view of systematic theology. Of but, course. But yes. Okay. In the end, um, I think this would be a great summary here. In the end, God tells us to worship him with our heart, soul, mind, and strength. Systematic theology is a form of worship with your mind. And Sure. Uh, well, it's just using your mind to understand and, and, and process God. Mm-hmm. And that, for me at least, it leads to love, which is yes. great. Um, so we just talked about also, again, being careful about how much emphasis you put on it. But yes, right, completely right. correct, Brian. Good. Well, thank you, Chase. Well done. I'm glad I have your approval. You have my approval. All right, so this week we're talking about how to study the Bible. And yes, we already did an episode on the Bible, and it was, you know, it was good. And we, I, you know, we covered some of the material in the Bible and the Bible's significance as to us as Christians, but we didn't discuss how to study it. Exactly. And this is important because um, next episode we're going to be talking about final episode, final basics episode. Uh, we're going to be talking about systematic theology and how to form. 
I, I, I would I would say how to form a system of beliefs. You know what I mean? Because ultimately, when we say systematic theology, that's really what we mean anyway. Uh, yeah, can you can you can you get closer to the mic? I can try, but it's not making okay. me louder. There right. we go. Oh, ooh. there we go. Yeehaw! Now you sound some live right. adjustments here. All right. So anyway, <clears throat> what we really mean when we say systematic theology is a system of beliefs. We're trying to develop a system of beliefs, and just about everybody agrees that the best way to do that is to read the Bible and try to derive what the Bible means and says about things, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, as we've established. Theology is a lot more than just a system of beliefs, right? Go listen to oh, episode yes. one, uh, our best episode. <laughs> uh, but anyway, so so um, we are like, hey, we need to talk about how we do that. How do we construct a system of beliefs, right? Because we all have those whether we like to admit it or not. Even if we believe that you shouldn't have those beliefs, that's still a belief. You know, <laughs> it's really <coughs> meta right there. <laughs> Um, but anyway, we all do that. So uh, Brian and I both believe that the Bible is the the foundational place for us to go and um, find the things that we believe, right? The the how we construct those beliefs. So anyway, this week we're talking about how to read the Bible and how to derive those building blocks. And next week we're going to be talking about how to use those. So um, you think? More or less. More or less. I think th- there's going to be a bit of overlap between these two episodes. Well, yeah. <coughs> it's really should be part one and part two, but I'm too lazy to do that. So you know, it's it's episode eight and nine. <laughs> you know, I was I was just remembering. You see, you were turned way down this week, Chase, and I think I remember what happened here. The reason you were turned down is because you got so excited last. Oh week. yeah, I was I was yelling. <laughs> he I, was yelling by the end of the episode. Brian turns me down and I start yelling, and I don't blame him because he got to death. Um, yeah. So so okay. Um, so I have. Two more things to say. Go ahead. And then definitions. And I will, then it's your turn for most of the episode. I because tr- I, I, Sorry. Full disclosure, I know so very little about this. <laughs> like, um, Brian's done like whole dang seminars on this. Um, but anyway, ultimately, um, here are like three of the ways that I quote unquote read the Bible, right? Um, and I think that these are the... the <clears throat> We're going to have a, a, a helpful tips at the end of this. Yes. Okay. Just I know. Make That's sure. not what that is. Okay. Um, number one is I just read the Bible, right? Like everybody just, it's good to just read it, right? To just read through it like a story. That's not a bad thing. No. Um, I tend to absorb a, a lot more than the average Joe because I overanalyze everything anyway. Um, so my reading is most people's equivalent of studying <laughs> um, and so, like, people, like, I've had people question me because I don't quote-unquote study the Bible, but I'm like, I bet I, I know more about the Bible than you do. So, <laughs> But uh, that's arrogant. And I'm well, not there trying, you to, go. I'm trying to be like that. But anyway, I just, I, I like to just read it. I think it kind of gives us a lot of meaning that we can't get from studying it. Second thing I do uh, is study it. We study the Bible, which Brian is mostly going to be talking about for the rest of this episode. Um, and then the third thing we do is I believe if you're a Christian, uh, you have the spirit to help you discern some things about the Bible that even like deep in-depth study and cross-referencing can't give you, right? Um, so those are three things that I think are important. Um, and so I've got a couple of definitions here. I'm so thankful, Chase. I love last week, <laughs> Last week, Chase did not have any I definitions. Didn't have any. 
So now we're going to give you double this week. Oh, I have a page and a half of definitions. I just don't know if I'm going to get to them all. Okay, so <laughs> I'm going to make uh, a pointless distinction. And no, we still don't have chimes. I I can't find any. If you if you feel the need, send me chimes. Like get me, tell me where to find them. I don't I don't know whatever. Uh, okay, so anyway, um, a pointless distinction that I'm going to make, or a seemingly pointless one that I felt was useful, is um, like what does it mean to read something? Right, like we all know how to read, right? Like, it, there is no illiteracy anymore, <laughs> um, at least in America. Um, but anyway, or for the most You'd part, you'd be surprised. Right? Okay, all right, you get <laughs> you get my point. Do you know how many eighteen-year-old kids don't know how to spell or use punctuation? Yes, it's sad, but that's, yeah. they can still technically read. Okay, yeah. Okay. But anyway, Fair. to read is to look at and comprehend the meaning of written or printed matter by mentally interpreting the characters or symbols. Of which it is composed. Pardon me. Okay. So anyway, um, that was a good one. And that's pretty much the definition that everybody understands. And is like, yeah, we look at ink symbols on a page and we derive meaning from that. Right? It's amazing how consistent that is nowadays. It's used true. to be it used to be that language was like an individual thing mm-hmm. where nobody had a system all built up, but the Romans figured something out. Well, yeah, that's true. That's, that's true. Pretty uh, cool how now it's all but, uniform. That's not the case anymore. So, um, anyway, another definition I had was to discover information by reading it in a written or printed source. Ooh. Ooh. To so, discover information. Mm-hmm, to discover information. Brian, if we were to read the Bible, what information might we be discovering? Information about God. <sighs> and Jesus Christ. <sighs> and the Holy Spirit. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Such unnecessary noises. But yeah, so right, like our job is to learn it, it we're discovering things about God by reading. Exactly. That's my point. Thank you for saying that. You're Brian. welcome. Okay. And last one, just go look up the word read. Like I did not know there were so many definitions for the word read. Um but this is the last one uh that I'm gonna use. A person's interpretation of something. Really? Yeah. That's a legitimate definition of the word read. A person's inter Oh, I see how I read it. Mm-hmm. So how I read it is like Exactly. Oh, so it's kind of ah. Oh. Yes, and I would love to at some point talk about I think we'll get to that. that. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, that'll be in episode nine. It's very, very interesting stuff. Yeah. I, how I read that. Yeah. I've got to get you hooked on a guy named Peter Enns. You'd probably call him a heretic, <coughs> but um, but know. yeah, the, people read things differently, which yes. is probably why we have like 50,000 denominations yes. that end human pride. Okay. Very fascinating. So I also looked up the word study and this is again, very basic concepts, but I really like expounding upon them. Okay. So study the duration of time and attention, uh, to acquiring knowledge no, I'm sorry. I can't even read my own handwriting. <laughs> the devotion of time and attention to acquiring knowledge on an academic subject, especially by means of books. Wow. Mm-hmm. Pretty blatant, boring definition of study. Yeah. That's what we do when we study. We we try to get, get knowledge yes. by reading a book. 
the Bible. That's interesting. That plays into the definition about reading now. It does. Yes. Very interesting how they're so similar there, Wow. 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 Okay. All right. So another You know, one. I study by, like, now I study by visual, too. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean... <coughs> <laughs> you need to get a cough drop. <laughs> I can't count the times that I've looked up a YouTube video and watched somebody do something without reading a darn thing. It's true. Yeah, so you can study without reading, but that's one definition of study, and I think that's why it's so mm-hmm. boring is that it doesn't consider all the other ways of study. Exactly. Or you could listen to a podcast and learn that way. Well, hey, that seems like a great There's idea, There's a cool Brian. one out there called Dish Pit Theology. Yeah, I heard that they're... They're, you know, they're pretty okay. That just means somebody else has done the reading for you. Exactly. Isn't that interesting? Or they claim to have done right? the reading Isn't for you. <laughs> In our case. <laughs> uh, no, that's not true. We really work very hard on this. Chase does. Um, okay. And, but yes, you make a very good point there. Uh, people learn differently. And I think you're <laughs> going to talk about that later. Probably. But anyway, uh, I have three more. Okay. A detailed investigation and analysis of a subject or situation. Uh, that's pretty self-contained there. Um, to devote time and attention to acquiring knowledge on an academic subject, especially by means of books. I don't know why that one was written twice. I lied. I only have three definitions then. Um, okay, last one. Look at closely in order to observe or read. To look at something closely to observe it or read it. Fair. Fair. Mm-hmm. I, yeah, honestly... It's really just a, it's basically just reading, but harder. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's literally all study. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So, so that, uh, Brian, concludes my definitions for the moment. Yeah. But as you talk, I have more definitions. <clears throat> I'm like a sprinkle man today. I'm yeah. sprinkling definitions in everywhere. Oh, that's so good, Chase. It's going to be great. And hopefully now you'll get double the definitions this week because you missed out on so many last week. Yes, I have. I just gave you one. A page. Wow. Well, three quarters of a page. So, how to study the Bible? Um, Yeah, we we now know what it means to read and study. Great. (laughs) This is wonderful. Um, I think it's helpful to know that the Bible was written in in languages that are not our own. So what you see on the page of a Bible is not actually what got written down. What? Um, yes. Did yeah. you mean Jesus wasn't a red-blooded American? That's correct. Um, yeah, the Mormons seem to think so. No. <laughs> oh, dang. <laughs> that, that was... Oh, dang. <laughs> that was a pot shot at the Mormons. That was a really bad, <laughs> bad synopsis. Don't, don't trust that. Um, Go go talk to a Mormon if you want to know what they believe. Mormons are nice people. They are. Mostly. And quite respectable human beings. True. And they don't drink coffee. Do they not? No. Really? I think not. I think that's one of their things. Don't don't no uh no caffeine. Well caffeine is like twenty times more addictive than like anything else. Yeah, it's pretty interesting. Except for me because I have the willpower of like Oh, it's not as addicting as you? No. Oh <laughs> god, that's not what I <laughs> Okay. Okay, well, uh, in any case, not to we're off Mormons now. Okay. That's just, that was a, a horrible little detour there. Yep. But but essentially, uh, what the words that you see on the page were not American. It wasn't English to start with. There were different languages out there, and the the three primary languages. Well, there were two primary languages that the Bible was written in. The Old Testament was written to who? Chase, the Israelites. That's right. And the New Testament was written to who? Chase. 
Well, a combination of Gentiles, who are mostly Greeks and Romans, and also Israelites. Yes. <coughs> Great. But the New Testament is mostly written in Greek, because at that point, even the Israelites had adopted okay. Greek mostly, which is where we get Hellenistic Jews from. Very interesting. Thank you for not that. Not at all. I No, I actually, I think that's interesting. Oh. But it's okay. I'm not going to expound on it, just to, to suit your fancy here. Good. Uh, so Greek Hebrew. Hebrew is the language of the Old Testament. It was written to Israelites, and Israelites spoke Hebrew. Yes, it's not just the name of that hip coffee shop in your church. Wow. I can't believe you're talking mm-hmm. Hebrew. It's bad. I hate it. I can't believe. Wow. It makes it causes me physical pain. <laughs> <laughs> and so Hebrew is the language of the Old Testament, and Greek is the language of the New Testament. <clears throat> That's why sometimes your pastor at your church, which hopefully you're attending, especially after episode five and six. Yes. Um, please get get connected with the church. But sometimes your pastor might refer back to the Greek or the Hebrew uh, to make some clarifications. And then if you're like me, your brain automatically turns off and is like, I don't want to know what ecclesia means, even though we found out that it is the feminine noun for church. Pretty much. Assembly. 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 Yeah, the assembly. Church. Um, so, uh, yeah, your eyes glaze over when he's like, let's break out the Greek and the Hebrew. And you're like, like uh. <laughs> <laughs> In stereo, But too. it's good. That's what I, That's how it was originally written. Get over yourself. Uh, yeah, so these languages are extremely valuable to learn. If anybody goes to seminary, your pastor, if he's if he's really well qualified, he's gone to seminary and he's actually learned these languages, and not just the modern language either. You can't just go to Greece and learn Greek like it was written in the Bible. That's mm-hmm. like trying to learn English from the twelfth century, before. Before even thee and thou was around. We don't even know what a pantaloon is anymore. What the heck is that? I don't know what that is. Okay. Exactly. There you go. Proving your point. Okay. Proven. So, so Greek and Hebrew, these were the old, old versions of these languages. Now, the Israelites probably still speak some form of Hebrew, but it's not Old Testament Hebrew. Um, so he can't just go over there and learn from them what the, what the Bible says in the language because the language has changed. It's been 2,000 years. Um, so these original languages, they have to go back and learn these things um, the, the old style without anybody that ever speaks it anymore. There's nobody to go and sp- that speaks it. Yes. It, yeah, so it's, it's, it's very interesting. These l- languages are sitting behind the Bible that you read, and somebody has done the really hard work of translating that. Some genius somewhere spent 10 or 20 or 30 years figuring out how that translates to English. Mm -hmm. And I think we have a hard enough time understanding each other. Oh, yes. And even understanding the Bible Mm -hmm. in English. Yep. Imagine Mm -hmm. the work that went into that. Okay, so I'm getting a little loud and excited. I have great respect for Vulgate. Yeah, Vulgate was the Latin translation. Mm-hmm. So he translated uh, the Bible into Latin. He translated a large portion of the Bible before he was put to death. Right, by the Catholic Church. By the, yes. Well, I don't know. No, it wasn't. The Catholic Church wasn't. A, oh, I, wasn't it the. No. Didn't the Orthodox per- Church put him to death? He was in Russia or something, wasn't he? 
Vulgate. I, I don't, don't remember. I don't remember. He translated it into Latin. I just yes. Move on. I'm sorry. Yeah, the the Catholic Church used the Latin Vulgate forever. Mm-hmm. That was their. That was, and they actually kept it in Latin so that nobody could read it. Yep. Um. So that's part of that history there. Um, Until and it, Martin Luther was like, the people need to know how to read this. So he translated it to German in like. Six months. I know. Super smart. Absolutely guy. amazing. Uh, actually, I think it was more like three months. Mm, I think it. I, I can't I think remember. He did like the New Testament in three months. Yeah. I don't know. I'm just making stuff up at this point. Yeah. Continue. Yeah. Okay. Well, anyhow, there has been a ton of translation work that has transpired. Translated has been transpired. Huh. Lots of trans words, but um, um. A lot of stuff, a lot of work has been put into your Bible in English. Um, so it's it's really helpful to know that those languages play a huge role in, in your understanding of the Bible. And oftentimes, you'll find yourself, if you're really serious about your studying, you'll be going back and trying to figure out some of those words. Um, <coughs> like ecclesia. That's just a Greek word that means assembly. And that was used... Sometimes it's translated church. Um, so go figure. Sometimes you have to question those things. Like if there's a word that doesn't make sense in the Bible, there's a Greek or Hebrew word that you probably have to go figure out somewhere. Mm-hmm. Um, so those original languages is probably one of the, 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 the first and very foundational things you got to know. When you're studying your Bible, It's not. it wasn't made for Americans. It was just... Is made for the people who wrote it and, mm-hmm. and were supposed to read it initially. So, with that in mind, uh, how to pick out a Bible? Chase, do you have any opinions on this? Yes. What What are your? Well, I mean, <clears throat> what kind of Bibles do you like to read, Chase? I mean, See, all the- I feel like no matter how I answer here, I'm gonna get blasted for this. <laughs> Um, I do not read the message. I just, a, I know that's that's such a bold opinion there. Um, I feel like the message takes too many liberties, and you're going to talk about that in a second. Um, but I read mostly the NIV. I think, I think the ESV is good. I believe it's the AMP. Uh, no, the amplified version. The amplified amplified. version. I don't know what, however they abbreviate that. AMP. That's a pretty good one. Um, I'm not a fan of the ESV. I don't know why. I just don't like it. Okay. I read mostly the NIV. Uh, did I say the New King James Version? That's no. A, that's a good one too. NKJV. Yeah. It's. Uh, and I'm. Here's the thing. I'm not against the King James. Most of the verses that I have memorized from my childhood are in King James. I yeah. can quote it with the these and the vows. That's cool. And I think that people who. S- I think that if you're only using the excuse that like it's hard to read, then that's kind of a weak argument. <sighs> but that is mostly my argument. Like it is more difficult to read, and I feel I'm of the position that I would rather be able to understand the concepts than every time I read the Bible, it's l- like a freaking nightmare trying to understand everything through all of the convoluted language. Like, it's hard enough to understand sometimes, you know. I feel Fair. like I don't want to have to deal with that every time I read the Bible, right? Okay. Like, I just want to be able to 
Because, again, it goes back to theology with God divinely communicating with you. You don't want <laughs> to, like... You don't want to be reading Greek on a page. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's like, you know, uh, and I get that it's not necessarily the most accurate thing in the world, um, but I feel like for the majority of it, it is largely accurate. I, I think the okay. NIV is one of the most accurate, I believe, from what I, I know that that's not true, but like yep. for the readability factor, it is one of the most accurate. Um, I, I, we'll, I we'll talk about it. I'm going to give my I can't remember exactly next. how that went, but, okay. but that's what I read mostly. Um, all of those versions are fine. I'm sure there are other good ones, Yeah, but those are my favorites. I I tend to go with the NASB, and uh, mm. that's just because I've seen a lot of smart people go that direction. Um, okay. I used to, I used to be I used to be NIV. They're all really good translations, except probably the message. Message is awful. Um, just <clears throat> I I honestly think there's very little difference between the New Living and the NASB, although. Some I'm not things. a fan of the New Living translation yeah. either. I, it's just something about the way it's worded. I don't like it. New Living can sometimes get a bit vague. Yes. And, and yes, yeah. it does. It gets a little bit weird sometimes. Um, so I, I personally go NASB. Um, although the King James is, I mean, it's an excellent translation. And that is the work of William Tyndale, the guy that first did the New Testament in English. Mm-hmm. Um, well... Yeah, the first English New Testament. And, um, oh, man. He translated mostly from the Vulgate, I believe. I think so. I can't remember. It's been a long time since I got that history lesson, but I'm pretty sure that's true. Um, But the KJV, just something about the language, it's like that must have been God saying that with the these and the thous. Like I, that's, don't, I don't believe that at all. I think that's I mean, stupid. Well, it's just kind of like a, it's almost like a sentimental feeling. Like, oh, that's that just sounds like God right there saying that. Yeah. Well, and I know people that are KJV only. Um, my uncle is one of those people. Yeah. I was raised that way. Um, I don't think that's true, but if that's what floats your boat, bro, more power to you. Absolutely. I don't care just so long as you're reading it, <laughs> you know, for the most part. Yeah, KJV is a great translation. I think it's a translation that is stuck in the minds of a lot of people. Yes. And and it's because it was such a standard, and mm-hmm. it was such excellent work when it came out in 1611. Really, uh, really awesome. Well done. Uh, but, but things have changed. We've gotten more documents. Mm-hmm. There's just... More stuff coming out, and some now of the versions some of these... we have now are even more accurate. If you're going yeah. off of accuracy alone, um, so technically, yeah, we so we all have our opinions about the translations, but mostly our opinions differ because uh, we have different goals mm-hmm. when we go to read our Bible. So there, there's a, <clears throat> there's, a, there's a spectrum between readability and reliability here, uh, and. Basically, the translations go on a spectrum like this. Um, <coughs> so there are two types of uh, two types of Bible. I, I, that's an oversimplification, but there are there are Bibles that seek to be word for word accurate, mm-hmm. and then there are Bibles that seek to be thought for thought accurate. Um, so there are versions like the NASB and the King James Version and the ESV that are very word-for-word 
really trying to be very accurate. Mm-hmm. So if you go to the Greek words behind that or the Hebrew words, you're going to find it says almost exactly the same thing yes. in that order too. Mm-hmm. And sometimes that order is really hard to understand. Especially when you consider like grammatical structure, yeah. and syntax and stuff, and the way things were said and the way things were thought and all that stuff. Yeah. It's it a little bit weird. It, it makes it a bit difficult to read, uh, but it is literally coming off the page of the Greek or the Hebrew. Mm-hmm. So in a way, you're getting a lot a lot clearer picture of what the Bible actually said. Yeah. Um, but on the other hand of that, sometimes the meaning of what they're saying is lost because you have no idea. Like you're saying, Chase, exactly. it's hard to understand. You can't the, figure it out. Sometimes, and this is just my opinion, I mean, you can differ on this with me, I feel like readability can be more important than the reliability because, like you said, it's like I can't even understand this. I've got to work so much harder to, like, sometimes it doesn't even matter how hard you work. You just can't understand because it's just laid out so weirdly. And I feel like even the KJV does that a lot. Um, I'm not throwing stones at anybody's Bible. Please don't Please don't take no, it No, they're way. all great, great yeah, translations. As long as you're reading the Bible, I really don't care. <laughs> um, but it, I feel like sometimes readability which is, you know, more of the thought for thought kind of thing is can for me that's where I like to be at. You know what I mean? <coughs> I like to understand the meaning yeah uh, in in every aspect of my life. I the word for word accuracy is not as important to me. Gotcha. So sue me. <coughs> Boy, am I you having trouble a, I'm this gonna week. I'm going to have to get you a cough drop. Um uh so thought for thought accuracy has its benefits. Um and it also has drawbacks. So what happens is in 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 one of the translations that is more thought for thought accurate, like the New Living Translation, mm-hmm. is more thought for thought than word for word. What's happened is a translator has gone through before you and said, well, I guess these words kind of mean this. Yeah. And they've twisted it just a little bit so that it makes some more sense. Mm-hmm. Um, there were, it's, I, I would say, I think I heard somebody say it's like a second layer of interpretation yes. you know, or even a second layer of translation and instead of interpretation, um, you know what I mean? Because it's, you ha- kind of have to translate through, okay, this is the word for word and you go from there and go, okay, what exactly was it trying to communicate? You know what I mean? Because, so, because... Like all words, some words have different meanings and have variable meanings and stuff. And the Greek is no different, you know. They, uh, the words don't aren't always black and white just because it was in Greek. You know what I mean? Sometimes uh, the meanings vary slightly, and they kind of take liberties, I guess. Uh, yeah, sounds yeah. bad, but they do sometimes with that when they do the the more thought for thought. Yeah, it's definitely like a translator has done some of the interpreting. The interpretating work. Interpretation. Wow, yeah. That worked for you. And let me read you some example, an example from the New Living Translation and then the NASB. Mm-hmm. So here's John chapter 1, verse 20 in the New Living Translation. It says, He came right out and said, I am not the Messiah. That's John the Baptist <laughs> saying, I'm not the Messiah. When all the people from the Pharisees come and ask you, what, what's, what's your problem, dude? You're baptizing people. And he's like, well, he came right out and said, I am not the Messiah. Now, the NASB, which is more word-for-word accurate, says this. And, and John one twenty, And he confessed 
and did not deny, but confessed, I am not the Christ. So that is more what the Greek said there. Mm-hmm. And you you see, in our culture, we understand he came right out and said it. Like yeah. he, he just he just said it. He blurted it out. Yeah. He could have said that too. He blurted it out. Um, but I don't think sometimes in this case it doesn't capture what really happened there. Yeah. In the, in that case, honestly, I would be more of the word for word accuracy because I think it captures more of what was going on in the moment. You yeah, know, with yeah. him using the word confess. Yeah, that's I think is a, but again, okay, so you can get in the weeds about this kind of thing a little bit. I think ultimately was the meaning translated in both of those? Yes. It's really just the emphasis that you place on what when it comes to the which Bible you're going to be reading. Yeah, and not all verses are like this. This is a particular verse that I picked out mm-hmm. and was like, wow, that's really different. A lot of the, the verses are not this far apart. Even when you're going as far from the New Living Translation, which is mostly thought for thought. Yeah, well, and, and something that happens a lot, um, like just in casual Bible study or whatever, is somebody will be reading out of like the New King James Version or something, and um, it'll I'll be reading out of the NIV, and it's like the exact same thing, but it's just the sentence is backwards. You know what I mean? <laughs> you know how we do, like yes. we can put the dependent clause before the independent clause and all that crap. You know, it's it'll just be reversed or or stated slightly differently or in slightly different order, and it's like it's even the same words, it's just it's just put differently. Yes, and it's like those kind of variables just don't matter to me at all. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so uh, you can get both translations. I mean, go for it. It, it might help you. <coughs> might help you in your study. Um, so, here's here's a question for you. You, uh, <coughs> wow. You, you Bible studiers out there, how will you study the Bible? Are you going to go deep when you study it? Or do you just like to more zoom out and get a big picture of things? Um, how, how, what's the depth of your study going to be? Um, will you be using it for devotionals? Or will you be using it to teach a class or what? Mm-hmm. You know, it's like... Um, when if you and what's your objective with yeah. either of those? Right. Um, so if you answer that question, it'll help you pick out a translation. If you're going deeper, an NASB or KJV or an Amplified, or even the ESV Study Bible. Yeah. Have you ever read through that? No, I haven't. It's a. I I haven't read through. I haven't read through it, but I have read parts of it. And honestly, uh, that's a really good one. If you're gonna go quote unquote deep, like it's it's. <sighs> I'm not a fan of commentary. I'm not a big fan of commentary, but there's a lot of commentary in it that I think is really good commentary. Um, there's a lot of cross-referencing and concordance. And stuff. It's it's a good one, uh, just for a recommendation. I'm sorry, that wasn't necessary. I, well, but. <laughs> now, that's interesting. You bring up commentaries. Um, so some Bibles are meant to be reference Bibles. Mm-hmm. A reference Bible is just the Scripture and nothing else. Mm-hmm. It's very basic just meant to be read. Some Bibles are study Bibles, um, which have a lot of commentary built in. Um, the Ryrie Study Bible's a good one. MacArthur Study Bible is another good one. And there are other too, others too. There's, um, I can't think of any more off the top of my head. I, I like those two, um, mostly because they're Calvinists. <laughs> but but, but Boom, in any case, um, bias. <laughs> bias, yes. Extremely biased. Um, but, just consider that too when you're looking through Bibles. Um, do, uh, how deep do you want to go? Is it? It's just 
study Bible, normal Bible, topical Bible. There are, uh-huh. yeah. All right. So, quick question, though. Yes. Question for your question. Okay. How does this apply to like constructing your beliefs? You know what I mean? When you're picking out a Bible, okay, it's good for devotional, it's good for uh, teaching a lesson or whatever. What do you think is important when it comes to, okay, I'm, I'm a brand new Christian, and I need to figure out what I believe, which I don't think is important personally, but that's where our hypothetical young Christian me is at right um, now. Young Christian you should just read it. Really? Read it first. Good. Um, yeah, I wouldn't even, I wouldn't dig too much when you're just starting out. Just get the big picture. If you've been saved, um, you know, hopefully you'll want to be digging, Mm -hmm. um, some, but I would recommend just getting a big picture and then, um, as your interest peaks and maybe as your love for the scripture grows, go ahead and get something bigger. Follow-up question, which I guess you may have sort of just answered. Oh boy. How... How deep do you think we need to go in order to construct our beliefs? And I think maybe we have differing opinions on this. You know what I mean? So so we don't have to necessarily answer that right now, but just, just be thinking about that. How deep do you really think we need to go in order to construct what we believe? I'll tell you what. There was one pastor that stopped in at our church. <coughs> he was a Bible teacher primarily a teacher, and we discussed the different roles of a pastor. There's uh, preaching and teaching and and all those different things, but he was primarily a teacher. He went down to a letter. A letter. A letter. He chose the first letter in the Bible and put a whole message on the first letter of the Bible. Oh, my gosh. I I, I was astounded and thought that it was completely useless. I thought, why don't you give us... A, I mean, yes, you can build a whole ep- a whole message on the first letter of the Bible, mm-hmm. which is the letter, I think it was the I, or something like that, E in Greek or something. I can't even remember it. But it's like, I mean, if you're just going to study one <laughs> word, <laughs> yeah. it's like, yeah, that, what about so, the rest okay, of the Bible? Yeah, so that's really, really, I mean, that's about as deep as you can get, right? <laughs> I can't imagine. Like you, that's literally as deep as you can get. You start with one letter, and you go on about that letter one for a long letter, time. One letter, not even a full word. Mm-hmm. One letter of okay. the first word. So that's really deep. Okay? That's really deep. And then there's the broad just skimming over the Bible, right? Yeah. How, how, where do you think we need to be in there in order oh for us to construct at least not even crazy perfect theology, which I don't believe in, just disclaimer. Yeah. But but anyway, if you do, if you think you can construct a self-consistent whole systematic theology, yep. how deep do you really have to go? Because there are people who devote their whole lives to this and they die unhappy so, with where they are. You so know what I mean? Here's the thing. Um, <coughs> you have to do everything. <laughs> you have to, okay. You have no to, pressure. You have to do it all. If you if you want to if you want to really delve, <coughs> it's really useful to have an overview. And depth. Um, so you can't do that. It's, it's just, there's no way around putting in your hours. Are you telling me, Brian, that we have to have a balance? <laughs> yes, we have to have a balance. Surprise. Wow, look at that. I mean, there's all of of life 
there, you know. Mm-hmm. Just like everything else. Balance. Who would have thunk it? Uh, that was, I mean, even Confucius figured that one out, and he wasn't a Christian. Exactly. Um, Get it together, Christians. <laughs> if the Chinese <coughs> philosopher can figure it out, then you can. He wasn't Chinese, man. Japanese? No. He's Korean? Wasn't he? No. He was some kind of Asian. Confusion. Confucian. Confusion. Confusion. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. I think he was in India. I think. Really? I think. I don't know. I'm pretty sure that's not true. I, I'm screwing this up I so I think badly. that was Buddha. Buddha was... He, I don't know. Pretty sure Confucius was chi- was in China. <sighs> and I'm pretty sure Buddha was in India, but then it was adapted by the Sh- Chinese. I And then it was kind of mixed with Taoism. I yeah, can't remember. I'm pretty sure I'm right okay. on this. He's pretty sure he's right. He's doing better than me, so let's go with that. <laughs> um... Okay, now that I've gotten us off track for 15 minutes. No. Um, yeah, so you really have to study on all levels. You need to be able to zoom out and look at the big picture mm-hmm. and then zoom in and study something very hard to understand it. <coughs> okay, well, okay, last question. I promise I'll let okay. you move on. But how? what do you mean by go in deep? Like how, how hard do you have to study something for it to be studied? Because we just established that you can literally study one letter. <laughs> you, you know? I, I mean, if whatever it takes for you to understand what's going on. Mm-hmm. Um, so there are times, there have been times where I've had to take a verse and study every single word in that verse to figure out the grammar. Yeah. Um, that 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 to figure out, yeah, to, no, to I've, understand I've done it. the same thing. Yeah, so I'm, I get that. Yeah, uh, but at, at other times, if once I do that, I mean, I am so zoomed in that I have to go back out mm-hmm. and yeah, look at the exactly. big picture again. There are other times where you have to just read the whole four chapters, which is a story, you know, three or four times to really kind of get in in your mind yes. and understand. I did that last night. I was reading about like. Uh, where, like, Joab was murdered and murdered some other people. And it was just, like, a weird story. And I'm like, I had to read it a couple of times just to figure out what was going on. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. And but then, like, once you figure out what's going on, then you can start drawing lessons from it and understanding the this is This stuff. is leaning into next week, Chase. Am I? I'm yes, sorry. this is leaning into next week. But I'm not yes, trying to. <laughs> you, you should be questioning how you're going to study when you pick out a Bible. Uh, how deep do you want to go? How wide? And that will kind of help you with the translation, yeah. picking out a good translation. And uh, also consider the commentaries. Um, research the you know if you have pastors that you like, um, research what those pastors think of things, and then you know consider you know picking a, a commentary from that pastor. Yes, note uh, they're human being. They are a human being. Every pastor has something wrong with them. Mm-hmm. It's just like us. But also, there's it's good to have role models that you can follow in their footsteps for. So good point, <coughs> Brian. Um, All right, let's burn through this. We got a couple of other things here. Um, let's let's leave that for next episode. There, okay. Exegesis and eisegesis. Those are some really cool big words, uh, but we'll cover that those. that. I have definitions for. Yeah, yeah. Um, topical and expository studies. Now, when we study definitions, the Bible, no, okay, you can't talk until I. Okay, okay. So the word topical means of immediate relevance, interest, or importance owing to its relation to current events, um, or relating to the collecting of postage stamps <laughs> with designs connected <laughs> with the same subject. Oh. So, so it's either postage stamps 
or something of importance and immediate relevance. An expository. Now, this was interesting. Yeah. Okay. Uh, what? Where in the heck did my definition for expository go? Well, Chase looks. You know, I I went. I listened on YouTube. There are lecture series out there on expository preaching. It's pretty interesting. Like I listened to four or five seminary lectures about expository preaching. It's mm. pretty cool. Well, it's a very short definition. Okay, that's great. Expository means uh, intended to explain or describe something. Yeah, more or less. That's pretty fair. Yeah, Ex- exposit. Um, what do you do when you deposit something into the bank? You put something into the bank. Okay. When you exposit something, then what does it mean? Pull something out of the bank. Oh, there you go. So this is kind of also this, call that a withdrawal. Yeah. So it's it, you're withdrawing the meaning from the from from the from the text. Mm-hmm. Um, so <coughs> expository studies. Versus Every time you cough, there's like the orange lights flashing over there, Oops, and I'm sorry. really concerned. Like, we're going to blow up the system. Oh. You uh, need uh, a cough uh, drop. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Oh, I'm God. so sorry. He's dying. Ah! Um. <coughs> Are you okay? <laughs> do, we, do we need a minute? Um, expository studies... Um, expository studies, in my experience, are a bit deeper. Mm-hmm. Topical, topical study. Well, actually, no. Let me let me. Re- I'm recanting oh. everything. The coughing is throwing me off. Okay. Okay. Topical studies tend to get deeper. This is true. Expos. Okay, now you're agreeing with yes. me. Yes. Like you I weren't was- even going to say that you were disagreeing earlier. Well. Okay. Topical studies. You're studying one thing. And you're going through the Bible looking for information about that thing. Well, yes. Or, well, you when, know. When I've done topical studies, it's it's been more of a, so most of the times, I'll, like, pull something from, I guess that's kind of expository, but, but a topical study, I'll, like, pull a topic from a story, right? Yes. And then focus on that and how it plays out in the story. When I've, like, taught Sunday school and stuff, I, I think that might be expository, but, like, we focus on one thing and not the yes trying to withdraw meaning from the it's like okay this is this is the topic and let's talk about how it works in this situation in the bible right yeah yeah and exposition um a lot of times when somebody says expository that just means they're going through the bible verse by verse the mm-hmm. bible wow the bible the bible verse by verse <laughs> and chapter by chapter blah, blah, blah. and uh and uh, so you're kind of you're pulling the meaning out of the text as you go through it, mm-hmm. whereas in a topical study, you're you're skipping around trying to find information about this particular thing yeah. that you're searching for. Um, so both have really good uses. Those are both very common teaching and preaching styles. Like <laughs> if you think about it hard enough, your pastor has done one of these two or has done both. Yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah. it's it's just the way that it is because this is how they teach it in seminary. I think most young people, with if if you've ever been privileged with teaching something, something. You, you start off topical mm-hmm. because you don't know anything else. Yeah, it's, it's a lot <laughs> easier to be topical than it is expository. But uh, actually, I, I disagree with that. Um, mm. Yeah, here, here's, here's what I mean. So topical is interesting. It's easy to start, but once you run out of topics, then how do you generate more topics? Well, uh... by exposition. 
Well, yeah, I guess. But but I would say that like by the time you are quote running out of topics, that you're you're to the place where expository teaching is no problem at all. Well, I mean, now if somebody tells me go write a paper about something you like, I you know I have a few things that I think of off the top of my head, but it it becomes a problem. It's like try going to be well, like creating episodes for this after about fifty. Yeah, but I never have a problem with that. Oh, I never have a problem wow. coming up with new stuff. That's that's amazing, Chase. You're you're blessed. Yeah, but I suck at like going through verse by verse and expositing meaning from it. And that puts me to sleep oh, when I'm pastors so do that. Like, okay. They're like, no, what are you saying here? I'm like, we get it. <laughs> like, I, I know that's rude and arrogant and everything, but it's like, bro, just move on. I'm the exact opposite. I'm, I'm like, oh, is that what he said? Yes. That's cool. I think that's the difference between me and you. I'm kind of hot and heavy with the material, and you're like slow and steady. <laughs> you're yeah. you're like, like, let's go through this and extract all the meaning. And I'm like, <laughs> all the meaning is given... Right and there. there's a lot of it. <laughs> read five, read it in five seconds. And exactly. Of course, it makes sense. Yeah. So, yeah. way off track again. I just need to shut up. Topical and expository. So we kind of covered that. We have a couple of helpful hit tips and strategies to aid in study here. We think we do. Uh, that's all I wrote, and I'm trying to remember what I had oh for helpful. T- okay. Yes. Yes. For me, <laughs> when I study the Bible, uh, I like to make a project out of it. Um, so. There are, there are things you can do to make the Bible more interesting to study. Now, that sounds horrible. Like, the Bible should be no, like... The Bible gets boring. I just read Deuteronomy. Uh, you know, it sounds bad. Because we're Christians, we're supposed to love God and love His Word, but things just are hard to understand sometimes. Have you ever read Numbers and Leviticus back-to-back? Not back-to-back. It's not good. It's really hard. Uh, in any case, yeah, yeah. Um, so, <clears throat> some things you can do here. First of all, and probably the the simplest thing you can do is ask questions while you go through. Um, if you read a chapter, <clears throat> ask questions about that chapter after you get finished reading it, and then go read it again with those questions in mind. That's one thing you can do pretty darn easily. And as you as you do that, as you go through chapters, you'll get better at asking questions, and and you'll ask better questions, and it'll lead you to more interesting conclusions. They and call that um, in inductive. I have no idea. Reading of the Bible. Yes. I can't remember. Yeah, I'm not a fan of doing that. Okay. Me personally. Why? But like, if you're like Brian, it's not a it's not a bad thing. It's a good thing. It's I'm just not patient enough to do that. <laughs> gotcha. um, um, so there's the asking of questions, mm-hmm. and I think that's how we learn a lot of times is by asking questions. Yeah. Um, especially if you're not as smart as Chase, and I'm just, just so smart, you can just pick up on everything the first time you read it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's that brilliance. So yeah. Uh, so ask questions to yourself and ask questions to the Bible. And maybe even in that, you can include some prayer. Yeah. Be like, uh, Lord, help me understand this. That would be an interesting thing to ask, wouldn't it? Because my little brain is not good at it. Like, uh, that would be pretty interesting. I think we covered this. Why don't you ask God to help you understand him? Remember that? Yes. That was episode... One of them. It was on yeah. there. Yeah, it was one of them. I think it was episode one. It might be. It was episode one of them. Yeah, and we just... <laughs> 
We just <laughs> talked about like the spirit helping you to understand things like way at the top of the 40 minutes here. Okay. Um, <coughs> but yeah, that's not a bad thing. If you just want a helpful tip and or strategy to study the Bible. Because mine wasn't good enough. Here's Chase's. Yeah, Brian's wasn't good enough. Um, just do it. Uh, <laughs> yes, just morphed into Shia LaBeouf there. But there's, there's a part of it where <laughs> there is no helpful tip and trick. Sometimes it's work. Sometimes it's you work. just got to read it. You know what I mean? Sometimes you just got to buckle down. Put the phone at the other end of the room and and sit there on your couch or bed or living room furniture. It's not always going to be an exciting spiritual experience. Most of the time it isn't. It's going to be a discipline. It is. Um, yes. So that's a good, helpful tip. Don't what, do you think, don't what do you think one of the things that Paul talks about being a spiritual discipline is? Like committing yourself to reading the scriptures, right? Pretty that much has got to be one of those. <laughs> you know what I mean? <coughs> Absolutely. So, um, so there's there's just a point where establishing discipline to do that is something you just have to do, and you can ask God to help you with that. Um, also, like make it a habit. Do it at like the same time of the day. Human beings are routine creatures. Yes. Do that. Um, um. But yeah, and once you start doing these things, though, you'll start learning about the Bible, and you start learning what's in the Bible, and you start learning what the Bible says and what it doesn't say, which is sometimes more important than what it does say. Yes. <laughs> um, and then that makes it a lot easier to do what we're going to talk about in Episode 9, which is um, construct what you believe about the Bible uh, and God and an life and morality, etc. <coughs> Another thing I like to do when I study the Bible is I like to make chapter outlines. It's the equivalent of taking notes while you're in class. Um, you, It'll force you to pay attention because mm -hmm. you're trying to figure something out while you do it. It's the same thing as asking questions like, okay, what's going on here? And when he says this into this verse, has he changed topics? Has something shifted? Is something new happening here? What is the relationship between this old thing, this new thing, and that old thing? You know what I'm saying? Like, yes. Uh, sometimes those chapter markers, like the. By the way, the Bible was not written in chapters and verses. Mm -hmm. It was written as a book. Sometimes those chapters and verses are misplaced. Like sometimes, sometimes there is no break in the content. Yeah. Like there's there's some places in there where it's like. Why is oh, there a even a the chapter? Time, that's the case. Why yeah. is there even a chapter marker there? This this story continues. Mm -hmm. um, so you kind of have to break it down. It really helps you to break it down and understand it, and then it gives you something to do while you're going through it. But I think the point that Chase was making earlier about you know it being work is that you can't have when you go to study the Bible, you can't have a grand expectation every time that it's going to be a spiritual, beautiful enlightening experience sometimes mm -hmm. it's just the dry work yeah and here's the thing is that sounds harsh but when you start thinking that and it's not that way because some a lot of the times it is just work right and nobody wants to hear that when it is that work you're like oh i'm doing something wrong it's not worth it i'll just try it again later then you get out of the habit of doing it because you're not just doing it and then it it all of a sudden <laughs> you start drying up and it's like that's not good yeah, so we lost audio again. Uh, it was fabulous. Um, but anyway, 
that's basically what we have to say about tips and tricks. Um, yeah, pretty much. So we have a bit of housekeeping to do here. And uh, we just wanted to mention here that this uh, this and <coughs> next week's episode is our last foundational episode mm-hmm. about um, just how to kind of construct theology and, and start building a system. And we've we've established most of the basics here, or we covered most of the fundamentals. And I realize that in doing so, we've shared a lot of our opinions about yeah. all sorts of different <laughs> know, things. Right? Like Like we interject so much stuff into... Like I, I mean, mostly me. Yeah. I interject too much. I, I and I add things, you know, like little details that weren't part of really the topics of the episode. We 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 can't help but like share our beliefs. Um, so you I know, feel like it'd be kind of in disingenuous for us to not. Yeah, know? yeah. So um, we we've injected a lot of little things, but hopefully we'll be discussing all those little things in more detail from here on out after. Uh, next week's episode. Yeah. Um, so we're going to be getting into all that nitty-gritty little stuff. Mm-hmm. And uh, and uh, like like he said, ultimately we felt like we needed to talk about this foundational stuff before we could really talk about yeah. any of the specifics because without this, um, none of the rest of it, like A, makes sense, or B, is very meaningful. <laughs> you know, <laughs> so, um, so that's why we kind of took so long getting to the specifics of theology and stuff but um but anyway uh email us if you have anything you want us to talk about like asap because we're just going to be throwing stuff out there um you know things that we want to talk about but if you want to hear us talk about something i know we've already got a couple of requests that's Um, great yeah please keep sending them to us yeah definitely uh let us know and we will try to get to those sooner rather than later yeah. Um, so just um, yeah, send us your emails, and uh, I think we should go ahead and pray out. Yes. All right. Uh, dear Lord, uh, thank you so much for your word um, that you have you have through very faithful men that have done a lot more work than me. God, they have translated the Bible into something we Americans can understand, and I just thank you so much for a Bible that I can read and understand. Lord, um, the the work that they put in is is very valuable, and I just thank you so much for 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 preserving your word for us to listen to to read, and to study, and to and to cherish God. And I just pray that um, as as people listen to this episode, that they'd be encouraged. Maybe you've never read the Bible before, or maybe somebody's not read their Bible much. And I just pray, Lord, that you would that you would give them some will to go ahead and and start working on it, Lord, uh, because your your word can be understood, and we just pray that people start reading and, and and loving you more because of it. And Lord, I just thank you so much for your Son Jesus Christ, who died on the cross for our sins, and gave us a reason to study God, and gave us gave us gave us the will. Gave us a gave us a motivation to dig deeper, and to figure you out because you're somebody worth knowing, God. And so I just thank you so much, Lord, for everything. In Jesus' name, Amen. Oh man, this has been Dish Pit Theology. Ah, I thought I was gonna say it with you. I told you I wouldn't do that. It's weird. You guys have a good week.